Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 123. We're your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? I'm doing so well and I'm so excited and I'm so just like <laughs> amazed that we are in a brand new studio. Yeah, that's why it sounds so good now. <laughs> yes, so exciting. I'm, I'm, it's really just a gorgeous studio. I am so lucky to be here with all you guys and we have Mackenzie handling the production behind and as you can hear, we have way better audio <laughs> yeah and we have the return of our soundboard yes. yeah <laughs> i missed the soundboard uh, to be honest <laughs> i know actually when we stopped using it i it had gotten so i i had gotten so used to it and it just became ingrained that when we would tell jokes i would just pause or when jen would get salty i would pause for the cat <laughs> Oh my gosh, for sure. So um, I'm excited. Hopefully everything will run smoothly. And I'm just just so overjoyed to see you guys and to be in the same space recording and talking about comic books. So I'm really happy about that. Gosh, yeah. how long has it actually been? I mean, March 2020 is when everything locked down. I think we recorded in March mid early because uh, everything was already crazy mm -hmm. uh we went to burbank we recorded and then we actually went and ate mm -hmm. afterwards yes, and did. then walked across the street to right aid to try to get toilet paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember that is so true. i still have okay i'm sorry do not judge me <laughs> i am sorry but the only thing that was left in right aid I remember to this day, and I still have one of the packs because I don't really prefer them. But um, the only thing that was left was baby wipes. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. I grabbed two packs of baby wipes, and then people were also online complaining, but I can't find baby wipes for my baby. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, you know what? I actually did not grab baby wipes. I grabbed the adult wipes. And those things yeah. are huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, how can I cut them before I use them? They're oh my just, God. Just, that is the most Latina <laughs> mother thing to say. <laughs> cut my 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 butt wipes in, in small quarters so that I can use them and make them last. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they were super huge. I was like, why are these so big? But then it dawned on me, you know, like uh, adult poop is bigger <laughs> than baby poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so I still... I still have some, and it reminds me of uh, of rougher times. <laughs> yes, definitely. Truly rough times. Yes. I never suffered the toilet paper thing because my dad was like, all right. I, he just saw people buying toilet paper, and he was just like, well, something's happening, so I'm going to buy toilet paper too. <laughs> 
All right, guys, it's now time for Cheeseman de la Semana. And today's Cheeseman, guys, I just heard in the grapevine that Neil Gaiman's Anansi Boys is becoming an Amazon series. Unfortunately, it, uh, Orlando Jones will not be part of that project. And that makes oh, me mad. That sucks. I know. Um, Wait, he, I don't understand. Why does that make you mad? And why does that suck? Did we think he was going to be part of it? I thought he was. I mean, I have. It was it to announced? Be, to be, or? No, yeah, it's just announced. To be oh, honest. Okay. I haven't read uh, any of the Anansi Boys uh, Neil Gaiman books, um, so I don't know if Anansi makes an appearance, which would then make me want to have Orlando Jones reprise his role, so I don't know what the story is oh, like. that's why, because he's yeah. already... Okay, yes. I didn't even uh, know that. He does appear in Anansi Boys. Uh, it's a good oh, book. It's okay. a great book. I actually... I did the audio... Or did I read those, like olden times <laughs> did i read <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i gave you a copy okay because i had two copies because i'm an yeah. idiot uh who buys extra copies of the book that she already owns <laughs> i, I i've she, done that too because i forgot i owned okay. it okay yeah so, and yeah. there was a time that i actually when i was doing audiobooks i um took all i not took i checked out all of the neil gaiman books that were on the shelf and i think that was after i had read some so i think maybe i did actually read it like like in the olden days <laughs> but anyway yes it's very good they were all good and um the american gods uh book is what got me excited and interested and then i just tried to intake as much neil gaiman stuff as i could so this that that is cool and exciting, but yeah, now that I know that Orlando Bloom had already Orlando had, Jones. I mean Jones had already had <laughs> Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Orlando Jones had already had that role. Well maybe Orlando Bloom is coming now. <laughs> yeah. That would be a whole nother internet argument about Orlando Orlando Bloom taking on the role of a Nazi. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, you guys heard that he was actually fired from um, American Gods, the series. But haha, jokes on you, American Gods season three has been canceled. Um, but why was he fired? Because according to Orlando Jones, he said it was a racial thing. Um, they were just yeah. saying they, uh, because I don't remember. It was one of my favorite scenes in the whole. I think it was the first season where he goes on this rant about slavery and all this stuff, and it was just so powerful. Um, and um, they, he said that the producers and the showrunners were saying that that was too political and too, mm -hmm. you know. And so he's like, "But this is true. It's real. Like I, none of it is false. Like uh, so." Um, he not felt it was a race issue and they were like, oh no, it's just too much for the show. Not only that, they had to approve that. So I was going to say, at one point they said that, Hey, this is okay. Uh, but I, it was the backlash that mm. was received after that, which was, it was a great, it was a great, um, uh, part of it. And it was like a great part of the show, but of course they got a lot of, uh, lashback and they probably got lashback from like whoever twitter or whatever not twitter <laughs> but um like the people who approve like what the show is going to be and mm -hmm. then then there's like whoever is the head of like hbo and stuff like that probably actually looked at it and was just like oh, oh never mind yeah Take it, shut it down yeah. yeah yeah so um and one of the things i really like is like orlando jones and neil gaiman sat down and wrote this scene together yeah mm. they did so i thought that was just and it, like i said it was one of my favorite scenes um all together so um i was really salty that they let they let orlando jones character go 
but now, like I said, jokes on them because they're not even <laughs> filming a season three. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, but again, um, and Anansi Voice is going to be a series that it's going to come on Amazon. Oh, so okay. I can, I watch that. I can get that one. I pay for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Amazon Studios is uh, set to film that. So that's my chisme. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? Well, today I have a lot on my radar because, oh, sadness, because even thinking about and saying the words Eisner Awards out loud remind me of San Diego Mm Comic-Con. So every year at San Diego Comic-Con, the Eisner Award nominees um, have this huge, um, like, gathering and it's an award ceremony where the winners get announced and called up to stage and they get to give their little speeches and it's just really cool it is literally if you do not know the um the uh what the eisner awards are they are like the academy awards of comic book industry so even retail uh stores have a category and heidi hill comics actually has won it in the past before we really? owned before we owned it but yeah Yes, Heidi Ho Comics is an Eisner Award winner. And actually, when we were, we'll probably find it again this move, but when we were moving, we found the little um, trophy that that got. Yeah, so. Wow. That's (laughs) so, yeah, so. That's pretty cool. It's a big deal. And given that Heidi Ho Comics is the oldest still running comic book store in Los Angeles County, that's definitely um, an honor for us to continue forward. But yes, so every year at San Diego Comic-Con, which happens either the first, second or third generally week of July. So we're right in the middle of all of that. And all of the um, memories are coming up. Yes, all the memories are coming up on my Facebook. I know. And all the pictures i have uh the other day a picture of me with daryl um from walking dead. walking dead i can't remember his name in real life he's <laughs> he's daryl to me yeah but forever, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so uh it is um sad that we're not having it in person again this year during july but the eisner awards still the nominees still were nominated and today um you can go on to uh today when you're listening to you can go on to uh the internet and search the winners and i wanted to just i mean there's categories like um obviously best uh, trade paperback, best writer, best artist, like that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. the list of people who uh, categories um, within the industry is so long, like things like, you know, on the Academy Awards, they have the so many that you see on TV. But then they're like, there's like a whole bunch of others that like are too boring for people. And they just <laughs> they just do it somewhere else in a small room and no one ever hears about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, this is kind of the same. There's so many categories. But I wanted to just talk um, about a few that um, are relevant to uh, what we uh, talk about here on the podcast, which is highlighting women and Latinx creators in the comic book industry. And one of the ones that I really wanted to talk about is Best Cover Artist. So Best Cover Artist is um, an artist who not necessarily is the interior artist, so is not the person who actually does the art for the story, but just does covers. And sometimes it's a variant cover, sometimes it's the main cover, but um, that is kind of like their thing. And 
and uh, some uh, names that you might recognize from that, like um, J. Scott Campbell is known as being a, a good cover artist. Scotty Young is known as being a cool cover artist with his little baby variant covers. Um, but one variant, I mean, one cover artist who really took off this year um, is Peach Momoko. Her art is so freaking amazing. It's so beautiful. It really is. I love it. I love her lines. I love her coloring. Yes. Uh, and it looks like she uses watercolors. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Like watercolors or like a uh, water, like water based, um, um, some type of water based, uh, well, medium. They, yeah. They have those, uh, kind of pens that you could actually yes uh, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like use mm -hmm. like watercolors yeah. So, yeah. yeah and there's markers like that too so but mm -hmm. yeah it definitely looks like her work is, uses a lot of watercolors so if you haven't seen her work she um, does a lot of variant covers um, she did a line of variant covers for Marvel recently which were called anime covers so she did um, main characters but in the style of kind of like anime art I guess um, and she also was um the writer and artist, I don't know, was she the writer? I know she was the artist of um, the uh, X-Men Days of, Days of X-Men? Days, with a, where it, I think I talked about it on the show where it is an X-Men book, but it is told um, in the style of using Japanese folklore to retell mm. oh, the X-Men. Right. That's right. Yeah. We did that's talk about cool. it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that book, she does do the interior art and it's just all amazing. So definitely check it out. She won best cover artist this year. Uh, and I really thought, um, it was really cool and super interesting that, uh, oh look, best web comic. Uh, one day we will see collectors there, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very interesting to me that there's two categories, best short story and best anthology that both the winners in both of those categories has to do with something that for the most part was always very hush hush and not many people ever spoke about it not even the people who experienced it and that is the subject of menopause so the winner for best story story best story <laughs> is when the menopausal carnival comes to town by Mimi Pond and uh that was in a uh anthology called menopause a comic treatment and it was uh, published by graphic medicine uh, Pennsylvania State University Press. Oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. And then the best anthology winner was that book exactly <laughs> menopause a comic treatment and so i really thought that that was really cool and um interesting and um as a 40 something year old woman um, my mother i can um attest to the the um fact that my mother never spoke to me about mm -hmm. First of all, the she change. never spoke to me about having my period. <laughs> I just had my period and freaked the F out on the toilet at my grandma's house Whoa. and thought I was dying. Um, but uh, that's not true because I had read, um, <laughs> dear God, eh, hey God, it's me, Margaret. <laughs> but, um, but no, so... Uh, she's definitely never spoken to me about menopause. Now, she's talked to me about like her symptoms, but she's never directly related them to the fact that she was going through menopause. So, um, and 
for me, I think it's something that is just slowly starting to become the norm of older women feeling comfortable talking about it. It's mm-hmm. freaking just what happens and there's no use in not talking about it because I think a lot of people, a lot of women are just like, oh, I, this is happening to me and I just got to suffer with it. But yes. no, there's a lot of, of, especially now, a lot of hormonal treatments and like homeopathic treatments and a lot of stuff that you can do. So the fact that these two um, books are one story and one book actually won and it's like that is right there in the title, um, I think means a lot to feminism. It means a lot to... Um, like smashing that patriarchy and just like getting women's issues out in uh, the forefront and making them um, mainstream and just like accepted and normal because that's what they are. So those are the ones that I really want to talk about. There's a whole bunch. We can make a whole episode about this, but um, you can go to uh, I'm looking at comicbook.com and Um, but you can find this list probably in many places on the internet, but that is on my radar. All of the winners all deserve all the accolades that they're getting. And I, um, just congratulate all of them and they all are um, very deserving. Yeah, man. I just, while you were talking, I had a hot flash. So so I, I for one am voting to read that book because I need to know more about what's happening to my body. Yeah, and I actually att- attended at the Eisner Awards when Phil Lamar did it virtually. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I think it was last year's con. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But that was my first time, and it was really exciting just to watch. Um, I can't imagine how exciting it is to actually be in the same room with the winners. <laughs> All right, Kristen, what time is it? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Say my God. No. This is the first time we've done it together (laughs) in a long time, but it is La Hora de De la la Cervecita. (laughs) 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 Yes, we are so excited. So up until this very moment, we've all been having to... Uh, buy beers in threes because we were zooming our podcast whereas before we were all just sharing one beer now the um advantages of all each having our own beer is that we all actually had our own beer and we could (laughs) drink the whole thing and um definitely made our podcast a little bit uh more interesting (laughs) at the end sometimes oh my gosh this smells so sour to me already my mouth is watering oh, wow so um so yes so today we are sharing one can Woo-hoo. which is actually kind of good because let me tell you sarah scoured the earth to find this beer for us yes oh yeah and you're looking in it because it was supposed to have glitter, glitter in it maybe i should have uh, shook it agitated it, it a little bit so no, you can it. see it can you yeah you can see it So listen up, listeners. This beer is called Sour Me. Unicorn Farts. Unicorn Farts. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a glittered sour ale. It is literally a beer with edible glitter inside of it. So this ale is brewed with fruity cereal. Now, 
I better like this. My favorite <laughs> cereal, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, my favorite cereal is Fruity Pebbles. Oh. I was not a chocolate pebble person. Cho- what was it? Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. I was not a Cocoa Pebbles person at all. Fruity Pebbles all the way. In fact, I've tried it as an adult and it's just too sweet and it hurts my teeth. But as a kid, it was like my go-to. So the fact that this says it was it's made with fruity cereal makes me believe that that's actually what they did is use Fruity Pebbles. So mm-hmm. this is um, brewed by Duclaw Brewing Company. Um, and it where is Duclaw located? I think it's in Virginia. So let's or see. Or Maryland. <laughs> all those... <laughs> Oh, is Duclaw the one we just we just did? No, no. I think that was a different one. Okay, so this says, um, Pony up for a taste of this glittered sour ale brewed with a trio of fruits, fruity cereal, and a swirl of edible glitter. Based on the flavor profile of the famous Unicorn Farts Donut made with fruity cereal, this beer is medium-bodied with big fruit notes, slight tartness, plus a hint of malty biscuit. A fantastical collaboration between Duclaw Brewing Company and Diablo Donuts. Oh. Oh. It says sparkles may settle, swirl, or gently invert before pouring. Oh, I didn't gently invert. Darn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they're they're located in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I know you guys have heard the story. I went to Pennsylvania. No, uh, I read an article about this glitter uh, beer and I wanted to get it and then found out that it was in the East Coast. Went to Pennsylvania, talked to my cousin, found a, a local craft beer um, a vendor. Um, shout out to them. I Riker ale works i believe it's called in pennsylvania and so they agreed to save me these when they came out so they saved them for me my cousin brought them to me on on a plane and then months and months later they were all for sale here at (laughs) 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 right at um, the local craft beer uh seller and so i went through all that trouble and had it, and then they were selling here like months later, like six months later they were selling here, but I didn't want I didn't want to taste it like uh, individually because it has glitter and I wanted to wanted it to be like a shared experience with all of us. So uh, let's let's taste it. I don't see any glitter in mine. That's what is that what so that old? swirling thing was that you when you just poured it? I don't see anything. Okay, let me try. It smells very tart, very sour. I haven't tasted it yet, but it it, it does smell oh. like it's going to be sour. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, it isn't. I was really nervous that oh. you guys wouldn't like it because mm-hmm. you guys have sworn up and down you guys hate sours. Yes. Actually, this is not As too sa- sour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's actually enjoyable. Yeah. Like, it, it reminds me of just, like, very tart apples, like, apple yes. juice. It's very, yeah, very tart apple juice. It does taste like, um... Like a an angry orchard where they forgot to make it sweet, but it has that flavor. I so, was gonna, oh, I was gonna say it tastes like an angry orchard, but with less of the rotting fruit uh, <laughs> taste. Um, I really like it. I think I'm ready to actually go ahead and rate it. I I'm, I poured some more in, just a little bit more, and I do see the glitter. It's really tiny, and it, uh, it shows more when you hold it up to the light. Well, mm-hmm. the cool thing is if your poop is glittery after. 
<laughs> You're going to have to hold it like... It wouldn't be your poop. Wouldn't it be your... Pee? Pee? But the glitter is oh, solid, so yeah. I guess that would go into your poop. But, yeah. Okay, but it's edible, so does that mean it dissolves in your stomach acids? Yeah, yeah. That's you won't true. see anything. Oh, uh. boo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so oh, I'm going to go ahead. Sure. And- well, we got to remind our listeners what our rating system is. And although we are in a studio, we don't have our um, our handy dandy uh, graph on the wall. <laughs> but uh, is that even still in existence or is it re- oh, erased? I think I think it's gone. Uh, yeah. boo. Well, I have a picture of it to uh, cherish forever on my phone. So we, we rate our beers on a five-point scale where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, four is full, and a five out of five is rigid. And if a beer is super yummy and we love it so much, it won't even fit. It won't even fit. That is a super saying. So what do you say, Sarah? Well, I'm really like it. And just because there was so much trouble to get this, I'm going to give it a rigid. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I love the can art. It, there's a unicorn pooping uh, like a rainbow. and The uh, can art looks great. And it's a pastel. It's really nice. But the beer itself, I really like the sour hint, but it's more like a sour candy. You do feel the flavors of, I guess, the fruity um, cereal that they used. And I really like that kind of tart aftertaste. Mm-hmm. So this is Kristen. I still don't like sours, but I'm going to give this a full. Um, it is enjoyable. Um, our beer right now is a little lukewarm, but I think cold. I would enjoy it even more. Um, the fruitiness, I don't taste fruity pebbles, but I do taste like apple mm-hmm. um, and like maybe a little bit of like cherry. But it is very sour and I still don't like sours, but I actually would enjoy drinking a whole can of this and I would finish it as opposed to all the tarts that I've like passed off to my husband in the past because he actually likes them and I don't. (laughs) But a full, I think, is pretty fair for me. So Mm -hmm. um, that is what I give it. Um, Same with Kristen. Sours are still not my favorite, but this was pretty good. And uh, I was able to see the glitter, but I feel like it could have been more impactful with yes, the glitter. I yes. feel like they should have put more glitter in there. Um, uh, but it makes sense that it would settle at the bottom. Or that it's small because it is in a liquid, so it probably dissolves a little bit. At the end, I think we're going to get a big old cup of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, and I would probably drink this on my own, like between like sips and stuff like that. I would probably mm-hmm. just sip it. Yeah. I wouldn't like chug it uh so i'm gonna give it a partial okay but i did enjoy it so it's a good partial well Mm. it's definitely a step in the right direction because you guys hate glitters and you guys don't hate this so i mean (laughs) (laughs) oh glitter should be a type of beer yeah (laughs) Yeah. so that has been our beer review so glad we did it all together guys it's time for our book review girls what are we reviewing today today we are reviewing the crossroads at midnight by abby howard 
Can somebody remind me how we got this? Were you part of a Kickstarter, Jen? Yes, I was part of a Kickstarter. I kickstarted this. I have the physical copy of oh, the book okay. that I forgot to bring with me today. <gasps> what? Yes, and it, it's huge. Oh, oh really? is it really? And it's huge. It's like oh well, yeah, the three hundred and some pages. Three hundred and fifty-four pages. Slogged through. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like thick, but it's also like it's like this rectangular. Big. It's re- oh. rectangular. Oh. It's like it's. It's almost like a textbook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And wow. So, but it it was it was good. Um, uh, I was honestly I kind of forgot that I had kickstarted it, <laughs> and I know I uploaded the PDF a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then I got like the physical copy of the book. But I forgot what it was about. All I remember was that it, I had kickstarted it during Halloween. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I had kickstarted it, like during Halloween, or it was like supposed to come out during Halloween last year, and it did not uh and i barely received it like a month or so ago oh wow uh-huh like the physical copy mm-hmm. um but i and i forgot that it was an anthology series i thought it was one solid oh, I, th- yeah. I thought it was like one solid one full story but no it's an anthology series but i enjoyed it yes so crossroads <laughs> at midnight is a one woman anthology um, by critically acclaimed cartoonist Abby Howard. So she's critically acclaimed, but I'm not exactly sure what cartoons um, she uh, creates. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. After reading this book, I'm going to search it out and I'm going to read them because I loved it. This anthology series is a five-story anthology. And yes, it is 352 pages. Yes. And uh, it, it it says that this book explores the consequences of what happens when one is desperate enough to seek solace in the unnatural. <laughs> I read this, I got home from work super late last night. I was home like at around nine o'clock and then I was hungry and I was fussy and I ordered, I ordered Mexican food from, I don't know, Los Gallitos or something that I've never been to physically, but it was one of the only things that was still open. This is the second time in two weeks I ordered Jamaica and they sent me horchata. So I'm never ordering from them again. (laughs) (laughs) And also, they had craft slice singles on my, um, uh, what did I get? I got a, what's the Mexican sandwich? Why can't I remember? A torta? Yeah, a torta. There mm. you go. Thank you. They put craft cheese single slices on my torta. That's sacrilegious. It was horrible. <laughs> anyway, I digress. yes it was horrible so i'm eating my first of all this is a horror anthology and that fits right in i'm eating my craft single torta while reading this book oh my god (laughs) and um it was like creepy af Mm -hmm. it's all black and white Mm-hmm. And the writing style, I mean, horror, I think I've mentioned a million times, is my favorite genre. And she does it so well. Oh, God, yeah. So, so well. Mm. And um, am I remembering, like, are all the are the main characters women? Um, uh, I, yes. Yes, I think actually, you're, right. you're yeah. right. I didn't realize that until you mentioned that now. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, fi- it's 
when you think of an anthology, you think of like the ones we've read, we've read with so many, like 25 stories. Yes. And, but this is only five, but each one is so well-developed. Um, and so just, and the art is so amazing. And this is just all one creator. It's mm -hmm. one writer, one artist. And I was actually creeped out in some of these stories. I was creeped out and I was by myself. My husband had already gone to sleep. I was on the couch. It was dark outside. And I did get a little bit of like, like hair standing up on the back of my neck. So I loved it. There were actually a few panels where I, cause I was reading it in PDF form on my computer mm -hmm. where I would scroll up and the panel would hit me and I'm like, Oh my God, that's so creepy. Yeah. yeah, no, this was amazing. I, when I first, okay, cause so we have to read several books, right? But I saw this file and it said to me 354 pages. It just <laughs> stared at me like, and I, I, I did not want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And as soon as I started reading the first story, um, it was like amazing. I totally loved it. I was like, where is this going? And I didn't, I didn't read the beginning. I mean, it's across the roads at midnight. That could mean anything. That could be some kind of love story or whatever. But when I discovered it was horror, I was like, oh, my God, this is really great. So the stories read to me like kind of Twilight Zone episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just phenomenal. The art, the the expressions on the faces, the creepiness of all the stories. Uh, it was just so good. I I Mm, I went I like I started to read it and then I couldn't put it down and then um and then just time went by really fast because I was just like oh my it was just such a great great book the stories are really well written um the artwork it just it, the marriage between both of them is amazing and it's one creator so that makes it even more amazing mm -hmm. uh and I was looking through the book okay so it's mostly women or trans or non-binary non characters oh, as yes. well uh -huh. which I thought was really cool because mm -hmm. it's it kind of flows seamlessly into the writing as well right and um i've had this discussion with javi too about uh how horror has been maybe sometimes it's not the most positive portrayal of queerness but there is a lot of queerness in horror uh -huh. so this uh, this i mean it's still horror but there was a lot of like you know like pretty positive uh um um depictions or uh views of trans yeah. identity mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. and that comes with it so i thought that uh, that was pretty good as well um uh, but the first story like the first story knocks it out of the fucking park mm -hmm. because, oh yeah um hold on i'm trying to find the name of it which i should know already but i think what is it the girl in the field mm -hmm. and it was like immediately like okay i don't like cornfields <laughs> <laughs> like and this has a little bit because when uh i go to guatemala that's like my my mo my grandparents on my mother's side that's what they have like a, like a pretty large farm uh and they grow stuff like how the mines have grown stuff like there's the corn and then there's the squash at the bottom and then there's like beans wrapping up around uh the corn but they always tell us at night not to go outside into the corn uh -huh. and like or whenever i would go they're like we're like don't go outside into the corn and i'm not like why and were, and, uh, <laughs> like the first time i asked why they're like oh there's things out there and oh, i was just no. all like i was just like excuse me <laughs> and they probably meant like um um like 
not wolves, but like yeah, uh, some sort of like some like some animal. kind of wild animal yeah. stuff like that. But the, but also at the at the same time, I'm just like, what do you mean? What do you mean? But they they also do have stories and stuff like that. And so they would tell us like about like, you know, kids getting like kidnapped and disappearing into the maze and stuff like that. Uh, and then like not coming back or they like find them like later and they're like, they're like dead and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm. ooh, no, thank you. <laughs> so this already hit some kind of primal fear in me of like which is really funny because i love eating corn in my life i know like i was gonna say i love corn but you're right corn fields are often used i mean children of the corn uh and then that famous uh one story in twilight zone where the kid will send you to the corn Corn fields yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) wish him into the corn fields wish him into the corn fields yeah Yeah. (laughs) and also like you know crop circles and stuff like that Uh um um or like they usually but they're like they're freaky yeah and they're so uniform yeah i don't even like when when going up uh to mm. northern california and you pass by like all the fields and stuff like that and some of them are cornfields i don't even like looking at them <laughs> uh, I, also they're boring that well the cornfields um redeem themselves for me because i used to i grew up in central california <laughs> and in high school my boyfriend and i would park our cars in between the cornfields to have sex <laughs> i mean yeah there's probably like stuff like that but like they freak me out so this one was like really really like creepy because um uh, our main character i believe is a frankie she's um she's gay uh-huh. Um, and her parents are very Christian. Yeah, but I yeah. do get the impression that she's trans. Yeah, yeah. I believe she's uh, trans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he's trans. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. trans. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they meet. They're like they're like trying to process uh, because they they overhear that their parents are going to send them to like one on one Sunday school. Yeah, the Christian therapy yeah. stuff. Like yeah. it's like it's basically conversion therapy, right, yeah. which is another like primal fear that I've always had. Uh, I'm just like conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Like God no, I think it's no conversion therapy is illegal in California now, mm-hmm. but that wasn't until like a couple years ago. Uh, so for a while it was quite legal here yeah. in California, but mm-hmm. in other parts of the state, that's still a thing, conversion therapy. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the, what the hell do they do there? Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, although if you watch, but I'm a cheerleader, which is about a cheerleader who gets outed, uh, after she's caught kissing a girl and she's sent to conversion therapy and it's really fucking funny uh <laughs> it's 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 really funny she's like i can't be a lesbian i'm a cheerleader <laughs> it's it's hilarious but um where, where was i going with this <laughs> uh, about the, the positive uh representation of trans oh, and the first yeah. story but yeah no the girl was creepy it's like so the their neighbor they have a wall and like uh they meet uh, through a little hole mm-hmm. what's her name like, clara clara yeah mm-hmm. and like you just see like her the eye i know that eye was creepy. <laughs> i was just like immediately okay that's pretty creepy yeah. just like pressing up their eye like right there like no thank you like peeping tom status yes. right there um but they start talking and then like form up a friendship and frankie's trying to see clara and then they cross and all they see is a hole in the ground mm-hmm. and yep. i'm like no yeah immediately i know i wouldn't even even, i mean she saw the hole from the top of the fence i'm like Mm -hmm. i would not have even jumped over (laughs) yeah (laughs) like you're you're either gonna like really believe that's a really big gopher yeah or 
some shit ain't right. Yeah. And I would have been like, uh, you know what? I'm better off not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was really, and that just set off the mood for the entire book. I really yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one that I found really creepy was the one uh, where, with the mattress, the used mattress. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh my God. Uh, yes. It were, he's like, all I want is your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, hell nah. And then, nope. um, man, just, Oh, God. Like, just the beginning of it, I'm like, why are you doing that? I know. Why yeah. are you doing that? <laughs> I would rather sleep on my piles of clothes than take a gross... <laughs> and this mattress was stained all till hell. <laughs> it was so gross. And even her roommate was like, don't bring bed bugs in here. That's how you get bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, so, like, first of all, like, why you buy that? And right. second of all, like, by the sake of the gods, no. Yeah. Like, buy it. Buy a new mattress. Yeah. Or like buy those like buy futons those, or those a futon. Like yeah, I bought a whole ass futon uh during the pandemic. But no, like like if you're gonna buy a used mattress, buy those one of those covers that just like envelops the whole thing and boom. Yeah. There. yeah. It can't get your flesh. <laughs> there is a nice safe barrier right there. Oh my gosh. Well, one of my favorite one, the one that creeped me out the most was uh the one where the woman had never been married, she never had kids and she just lived on her own out in the country and Why are you and- talking about me like that? <laughs> Right? That was called Kindred Spirits. And yes, I felt seen. Yes. And she just lived out in the country with all her cats. And um, one night, there's a knock at her door. And it is this grotesquely, like, malformed woman who comes in and can only communicate to her by tapping on the table, which was so creepy. Creepy. Mm -hmm. That was so creepy. And this woman who is alone and doesn't really talk with anybody, like just starts this conversation and like relationship, friendship with this bog body, which is what they're called. And from there, more come. And it is just creepy and the way that it ended was creepy. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Oh my god. I'm like I'm like that's how I'm going to end up. That's how I'm going that's how I'm going to go. And it was just like all of the stories were just so good and uh mm-hmm. same with me. I was reading them late last night and I couldn't stop. Like Sarah was like I told Sarah I just got home and I'm, it's so late. She's like don't worry. Just Pick one or two. It's like 300 pages, but just pick one or two. And uh, you don't have to read it and we'll just wing it. But I couldn't stop. I rang, I had to read all of them. <laughs> no, I get it. It was that engaging. It was so good. Mm-hmm. So are we ready to rate it? Yes, yeah. we are. Oh, and I just wanted to say too, the writing style and just the way that I felt about reading it reminded me of that Emily Carroll book, Through the Woods. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know what? Yeah. It has like... um. um because there was not a lot of gore. Yeah, yes. It wasn't very gory, no. but it was very, very, like, like creepy and, like, like oh, yeah, this is... Because when sometimes when you think about some of the older, like, horror movies, too, some of them didn't have a lot of gore. They mm-hmm. were just, like, fucking terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we do rate it, I do want to just let people know how they can get their own copy because you need it. You absolutely yep. 100% yeah. need this book. And you don't have to wait a year and a half or a half a year like Jen because it is available <laughs> online, PDF or hard copy at ironcircus.com. And they have a whole bunch of other um, 
content on there as well. There's comics. And this book is actually in their young adult section. So, um, and so is Through the Woods. Through the Woods is uh, considered a young adult book. But, um, and Iron Circus sounded so familiar to me. So I was going through all of their comic stuff. And um, it came up that the book that we reviewed quite a while ago, Girl Who Married a Skull and Other African Stories, is published by ironcircus.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. So definitely check it out. You need this book. So go ahead. What do you rate it, Sarah? Well, I'm going to give it Tres Conchas and a whole panadria because this, like I said, I didn't want to read it. 354 pages. I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, but then I'm like, I have to do it because we have to because we chose it. And then I started and I could not stop for the life of me. It was 11 o'clock at night. And it's when I finished and I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. And I don't regret a single bit of it. It was just so good. <laughs> So, yes, I agree with Sarah. I was also reading it at, like at the witching hour. <laughs> and, and it was creepy. I love horror. I love this book. I give it the whole panaderia. Abby Howard, you are amazing. Yes. You're so talented. I'm going to search out what other um, cartoons that you do and just gather it all up and just read it all. Um, I loved it. So um, the whole panaderia for me. This is Jen. And actually, I do have another of their comics called The Last Halloween. Oh. Mm. Uh, which I think I might have in PDF too. So I'll upload that yes. for you guys oh, yeah, as cool. well. Winning. Um, but they also helped with a video game or helped create a video game, oh. Scarlet Hollow. Uh, and they have uh, their webcomic. Uh, I believe they have a webcomic. Yeah. And they are the creator of Junior Scientist Power Hour as well. And they have a podcast. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's, uh, they're quite multi-talented, but I'm going to give the book Three Conchas as well because it was really good and I really loved horror and I'm really glad that I was able to get the book finally <laughs> and able to physically read it and it was, it made the Kickstarter worth it. Oh, that's absolutely, I love this rating. It was, thank you for sharing that with us because it was an amazing book. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what is in la libreria today oh my god do i got something for (laughs) y'all it is nectar a trans femme and non-binary erotic comics anthology i'm in yes yep that's all you gotta say (laughs) so uh they are an erotic anthology of delicious nourishing naughtiness. Delicious nourishing has one or more trans femme or non-binary main characters. Um, and <laughs> for those thirsty for their own resplendent romances flavored with that juicy smut flavor our previous <laughs> anthologies mm. are known for. <laughs> they already they already knock mm. it out of the park with this campaign. Oh my gosh. Uh, the theme for this is Drink of the Divine. So they are uh, interpretations of sublime spirits, uh, indulgence in heavenly hedonism, and tales of frisky folklore and femme lore from the world over. So they're taking a lot of, I guess, myths and stuff like that and oh. readapting them in, through a trans, uh, through a queer lens, so trans femme and non-binary uh, lens. And they have already hit their goal of $27,510. Wow. They are at 32174 with 765 backers. Holy and, cow. And uh, 
13 days to go as of when we recorded wow. this. Wow. Yeah. And the book itself, I believe, is from the UK. But it's like, oh my God, it looks really amazing. The artwork looks really, it's very different, but very, um, uh, oh, how do, yeah, like sublime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they captured it. They use that description very very well oh yeah i'm gonna use part of the description uh i'm not gonna be buried but i need to have a plaque somewhere and it's just gonna say her life was flavored with smut (laughs) (laughs) i like that yeah so as usual you can pledge without a reward and any amount of dollars just to the like you just want to support the book but the base pledge starts off at eight pounds or about twelve dollars okay so uh um uh kickstarter does the conversions for you so the $12 one is just a like if you're if you identify as queer, oh, uh-huh. you get a discount. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you, wow. d- you don't have to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't mind paying a little bit more for the same uh uh for, for like the same reward, there is a $14 one. So just like $2 more if you just want to like give a little bit more for mm. it. And then at $28, you get the paperback as well as the digital uh copy and at tw- uh there is Another $28 one where you get the PDF, but you get to send the book as a present to somebody. Oh, that's cool. That's Uh nice. And then at $53, you get the Nectar and Ambrosia paperback, Mm. as well as the PDF copies of each one. So I believe Ambrosia might be their previous Mm. anthology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's their previous anthology. And from there, it keeps uh, coming up. There is a retailer level at $168, but you get 10 of the books. Oh, 10. That's good. Uh Uh-huh. Um... But yeah, please consider uh, like just donating it or if you're interested in uh, queer smut, <laughs> here's a good one. Uh, personally, I have already backed it, surprising no one. Uh, <laughs> but it's a, it looks great. It, the artwork looks amazing. And I mean, if you like, like, I mean, if you like smut, then this is the book for you. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. And um, I got this, Juntos y Fuertes, um, <laughs> because we're vain as fuck. Yes, we uh, Juntos y Fuertes goes out right now. We're highlighting La Salsa, which is a new Comadres y Comics uh, segment where we do uh, many interviews with people who have active Kickstarters that would like to share their projects. So... That is what is on my Juntos y Fuertes because we just came out with one video just yesterday. We posted it up and it's a mini interview with Gabe Chen, who has a current Kickstarter uh, for Molly, which is the fourth issue and the final issue to culminize, culminize the story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, check that out. It's on all our platforms. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Um, some of it is on Instagram. Um, so check that out. La Salsa with Comadres y Comics. All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to Comedy Girl Crush. <laughs> and uh, we love them. They are a part of the Period Podcast Network, and they are amazing. They have interviewed several great guests. Um, they they really focus on, like, comedy, but they talk about all sorts of stuff. It's really amazing. A special shout-out to Kate Siegel because 
she is the reason we are in studio today. So saludos goes out to Nikki, Nikki Urban and Kate Siegel. You guys are amazing. And thank you so much for the use of your space in our brand new studio. So saludos goes out to you girls. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can find us at commodicycomics.com. You can go there. You can find all of our social media. Our uh, email is commodicycomics at gmail.com. You can contact us if you have any uh, questions or any comments. Please don't forget to uh, like and review us on uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. <laughs> uh, and you can um, listen to us right um, in the palm of your hand. So I'm sure you're already doing that right now, <laughs> but just a friendly reminder. Awesome. Well, that has been this episode. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.